So uh, I, I don't know if I'm the only guy in the room. I think I am the only guy in the room. Awkward. No. Um, no, I'm glad I am because I, I wanted to talk to you guys about exactly what I just talked to the guys about. And I want you guys to hear what they heard uh, because the goal of this week and next week is for all of you in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade to hear some of what God is calling us to as men and as women. Because there are some, some differences. There's obvious differences between us. But there's also some differences in some of the things of, of how it, it looks when we're each following Jesus. Um, but there's also a lot of commonality too. Uh, but some of the things that, that God challenges us men into, you need to know. Because you need to know what to look for and what to expect out of a guy. Because some of you might look at a guy and you expect what you grew up seeing, whether it was from a dad or from an uncle or from an older brother or a younger brother, and, and that may or may not have been good. I, I don't know. It may or may not have been what God asked of them. I, I don't know. So you might have maybe grown up watching some kind of TV show or movie that gave you an idea of what a godly man is or just a man in general is, and it, maybe it was accurate or somewhat accurate, or maybe it's totally off. And so the goal tonight is just to kind of start to get a clearer picture of who God's calling men to be. And then next week, it's going to be fun because we're going to talk about women. And it won't be just me because I'm by no means an expert on women. But I'll have much more of an expert with me because she is a woman. Uh, I'll have my wife with me. So April's going to be here and she's going to help teach about a little bit of what God's called women to be. So that'll be fun next week. But for tonight, you just get me. So bummer. But It'll still hopefully be a little bit eye-opening for some of you. So here we go. Y'all ready? You ready to hear who, who these uh, guys are supposed, supposed to be? I'm, I'm sure you're not experiencing a lot of this out of them right now. But at the same time, they, they, can, they can rise to the occasion, guys. Because um, at the end of the day, God can do anything, right? Even with a 6th, 7th grade or 8th grade guy. Uh, so you got to believe in them because God believes in them. Um, all right, so let's start off with the verse that we talked about two weeks ago because this is kind of the baseline for all of us. Guys or girls, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is just who God calls us to be. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, you, uh, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We are his chosen people. We're his, his possession. We're his kids his sons and his daughters. So the point of tonight is what does the son of God look like? Not the son of God, but a son of God. What are, what are the, the men in the world meant to look like? Who did God make them to be in the first place? Well, um, one of the things about guys that you need to know is we struggle a lot with pride. Like we want to be pri- prideful about something. We want to have something that we feel like we can poke our chest out about and be like, yeah, what's up? Like, I'm the best at this, you know? Like, I'm, I'm the, the toughest, or I'm the strongest, or I'm the smartest, or I'm the most creative. Like, we want to say things like that. We want to have phrases like that that we can say, and they're actually accurate about us. Problem is, most of us don't have anything that we can say that about, um, and so we try to make it up. Uh, or we try to act like we're, we're really good at something. Or we try to say we're really good at something. And usually, you guys are really good at seeing through that, and knowing that's not true. Um, but that's, 
that's just what a typical guy will do. You know, they'll, they'll try to try to act big, bad, and tough in whatever area of, li- of life they're interested in, or they feel like they fit their niche in, and that's kind of their identity. And they try to be, you know, the best at it. And this is where you find guys kind of just be like the standard bro, you know, the kind of normal dude. Uh, so the name of the, the teaching tonight is called John Doe, and there's a reason it's called that. John Doe is a, a phrase or a name that you would give somebody, specifically a guy, when you don't know their actual identity. So, for example, if a hospital has a guy come in and they don't know who this guy is, they just call him John Doe. So the doctor walks in, they're like, we got John Doe here, and this is what's going on with him. It's because they don't know his actual name. They don't know who he really is. Um, same thing happens in, in a lot of cases, and it, it kind of represents just your average stereotypical guy. And the problem with just the world is that we have a lot of John Does walking around who don't know who they are. They don't know who they actually are. What, the fact that they're a son of God, a lot of them don't know that. And then if they do know that, some of them don't know what that really means to be a son of God. And, and to be frank and honest, even if they do know it, they're still learning what it means and, and figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. All of us are figuring it out still. But the hope is that right now in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, these guys can grab a hold of it and start to, to do it and start to realize it. And that you, as the, the girls that are around them, would be able to know what God calls them to, to be as a son of God. And we'll be able to encourage them in that and hold them to that standard. Because if you guys hold them to that standard, I guarantee you, they will start to live up to it. Because they care about what you think a lot. Half of the reason they want to be, I would say more than half of the reason they want to be prideful about something is to impress you in this room. And some of you know that you have that power over men. And then some of you don't know that you have that power over men. And and the, the thing is, it's not really power that you have, but it is something that you need to be aware of. Like, guys, care what you think. And so this is part of why you need to know this stuff. So for me, I'll tell you a little bit about me and how I struggled with this, like, growing up. In sixth grade, and I've told this before, sixth grade, um, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in y'all's shoes walking through the halls of a middle school. Uh, Floyd Middle School is where I went um, in sixth grade. It's in Cobb County. Uh, and I started to try to puff up my chest and kind of be, I was like, I'm a, I'm a man now. I'm in middle school, you know. <laughs> my voice squeaks sometimes, you know. <laughs> and I started to try to prove that I was a man in, in different ways. And one of the particular ways I tried to do that was start to use some, some big boy language. You know what I'm saying? I tried, I tried out cussing in middle school specifically in sixth grade. And, and mind you, I could not ever say any of this at home. This was only at school. Only at school I would say these words because if I said this at home, it was going to be a bad day at, at the Chandler house because I would not be able to leave the house again if I were to say any of these things at home. But at, at school, I would just try to, you know, throw in cuss words wherever I felt, you know, adults, adult men, you know, would throw in cuss words because I'd hold, hear older cousins, you know, using that kind of language, you know, uncles that I look up to. Uh, guys that I thought were tough in movies, you know, they, they all cuss. So I'm like, I need to cuss. So I'm going to try this out. So I would just throw words in like wherever I felt like it worked. And it didn't work. Like I was a horrible cusser. And I'm not saying you should be a good cusser. I'm just saying it didn't even make sense. 
You know, it's like, it's like when somebody throws in a word, like when somebody's just learning English and they don't know where to put words in certain spots and it doesn't really make sense. That's what I sounded like. I sounded like I was from another country who, and, I, and English is my third language that I'm just now learning because I didn't know how to actually use cuss words right because in my head, cuss words were this thing that proved I was a man. You know what I'm saying? So this is how the male brain works. We think dumb things like this. And we start to think, oh, hey, if I cuss, I'm a man. What's up? Bleepity, bleepity, bleep. Um, and it's just not, it's not true. Have you, have you heard, um, have you heard uh, a, sixth, a sixth grade guy cuss? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a little kid cussing. Because that's kind of what it is. And it's, it just sounds weird and wrong. And, and it should because it's, it's just awkward and weird. Um, and so that's one of the ways I tried to kind of like be a man in middle school. Um, and th- I tried different things, you know. I, I tried to, to get into sports. I tried, I've, I know I've told you all about my basketball exploits and how awesome I am at that. Um, you know, I tried, tried getting into that and that being my identity, me being really good at that and being able to puff out my chest about that. Uh, there were moments where I, um, I, I was able to, to do some kind of cool stuff as far as drawing things in art class. And so I would, I would pursue that a little bit to see if I could be like the best at that um, and, and kind of puff up my chest about that. Like, yeah, I'm, I can draw better than anybody in this room. <laughs> you could give me an apple and I will draw it to perfection. It would look just like an apple. You'll try to eat my drawing. It's so good. Um, I mean, I would, I would just get, I would try to get cocky and prideful about anything I could because I'm trying to find, I was trying to find my identity in those things. I was trying to find the thing I could be proud of in those things, trying to find that thing that I could get other people to be uh, kind of admire about me in all those things. And this is what guys do. We try to find those things. And it can lead us down some really bad, in, into some really bad places. It, it can cause us to do some really dumb things. It can cause us to do some really hurtful things. Um, it can cause, you know, those fights that happen in middle school and, and you ask people why they started fighting in the first place and they, they, they give you... Literally, I, I don't know, bro. They're just looking at me weird. Have you ever heard that? Like, they just looked at me funny. And, and, and then usually what follows that is, is disrespectful. Okay. When a guy says they're fighting because that was disrespectful, it means nothing really happened. And they're really just fighting to prove that they think they're tougher or bigger or better than this other guy. Um, you can see the same thing if you turn on the Discovery Channel and you see just these animals fighting each other. Really just to prove who's the bigger or badder animal. That's what the guys are kind of doing. And you kind of just got to shake your head at them and be like, man, I'm so glad I'm a girl. Um, That's you guys saying that, not me. So this is a problem that's been going on since like the very beginning. So you look at the very first brothers in the Bible. Anybody know their names? Cain and Abel, yes. So Cain and Abel, first brothers, first, first siblings, um, the first kids other than Adam and Eve being God's kids. Uh, so Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel both give something to God. God is more pleased with what Abel brings than what Cain brings. And Cain gets furious. Like he gets so angry at this. And he gets so angry because somebody has done something better than him. They, Abel's outdone him. His brother has, and it's his younger brother, by the way, which makes it way worse. Uh, his younger brother did something better. And so God even talks to him about it. He's like, Cain, why are you so angry about this? You need to chill out, man. He didn't say chill out, man. 
I'm putting that in there. But he, he's like, listen, you don't need, you don't have to be angry about this. Just do what you know I've called you to do, and it's going to be fine. Don't give in to your anger here. And so, of course, Cain, being a man, goes out, and he decides to kill Abel. Um, because that's the best way to, uh, to be the best, is to kill the competition. Again, you can find this on the Discovery Channel. You just turn it on, and that's what they do. I mean, this is, this, is, this is what Cain decided to do with the fact that his pride had been injured, and somebody was doing something better than him. He literally kills his brother. This is insane. And guys aren't literally doing this now today, but the same kind of thing is playing out. Like, if you ever see guys who really don't get along with each other and they seem to always kind of, like, want to fight all the time and stuff like that, it's a lot of this kind of thing going on. There's, it's just pride, butting heads. It's guys wanting to be this, this man that they think they're supposed to be. And we have to constantly, as guys, fight this thing. Or, what's worse, is when we don't fight it and we just kind of let it rule and reign in our life, and then we just get all kinds of crazy stuff going on in our life in the things that we decide to do. So now you think of that, right? You think of what a lot of guys do. They pursue this pride. They have this arrogance about them. And and it doesn't always play out like like it does stereotypically in a TV show or movie where it's like, you know, whether it's the most popular guy or the most jock guy or the smartest guy. It's not always that. Guys have some level of this going on in their life all the time. It doesn't matter who they are or what stereotypical kind of guy you're talking about. All guys have some version of this going on, of, of some kind of pride and thing they want to find their identity in and something they want to be able to, to kind of boast about and be admired about. So then you can look at Luke chapter 9, right? We're going to bring this back to Jesus because he's the key to everything. So Jesus is talking with his disciples, and this is what he says when they're arguing. that An argument started amongst the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Sound like what we're talking about? Uh, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you who is the greatest. So Jesus hears the disciples arguing about who's the greatest. A very common argument amongst guys. And he looks at them and he says, guys... The least of you is the greatest of you. It's almost like a holy way of saying, shut up. (laughs) I'm kidding. He didn't say that at all. But he did. He did turn their thinking on their head, right? Like you guys keep thinking it's the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? Probably in their heads, they're thinking, who's the holiest disciple? You know, who's who's done the most things like Jesus when even them arguing about that is the least like Jesus. And that's what he's saying. He's like, listen, the least of you, the one who's worried about this, the least is the greatest. Like the one who doesn't even care about this argument right now is the most like the man I've made him to be in the first place. And so Jesus starts to call men, these men specifically who are following him into this place of humility. And then you think about kind of what you see guys do normally the stereotypical guy, and how much it goes against this idea, how much it goes against the least is the greatest. Because stereotypical guys are, because they're looking for that, that prideful thing, that thing to kind of puff their chest out about, they, they do so many things to try to get that and get that admiration and, and kind of puff that thing up, that ego up, that they do, they just, they get angry about things 
that they don't need to get angry about um, and get angry often about things that are very silly. Uh, they want to fight guys sometimes for silly reasons. Um, they sometimes will, will look at you and treat you like less than a person because they want you to admire them. And somehow that makes sense in their head. That if I treat you less like a human and more like an object, then you'll think I'm awesome. It's how guys' brains work. Don't try to figure it out. It, you can't. Just know that's what they do. So if you see a guy acting that way where he's treating a girl and, and treating, or treating you like some kind of object and, and being objectified, maybe saying a joke that you know is not, not a funny joke and it's an inappropriate joke, something he shouldn't be saying because, again, it's objectifying girls. Or a guy who is, I don't know, maybe this guy is asking, uh, asking a girl to send him some kind of a picture of this girl so he could objectify her in that way and send it out there to other people and brag and boast about this thing. This is what guys do, and I've heard way too many stories of middle school guys doing stuff like this. And, I, and I'll be honest, like I get really angry, but at the same time I get really sad because I know it's these guys just trying to fill this void in, the, in their life of not realizing what it is to be a son of God. But what you need to know as girls is that is not them being a son of God. You do not need to, 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 to feed any of that. You don't need to, um, to accept any of those things. So anytime a guy is acting like that, don't feel like you need to feed into it. Don't need, you don't need to even acknowledge it. You need to, uh, if anything... Um, admonish it. You need to, to be negative towards it because that's not what God called them to be. And so when any, any girls kind of feed into that stuff, it's only going to hurt not only, not only them, but it's going to hurt the guy too because it's not what God called either to be. And so guys can continue to go down this destructive path when they just are about themselves and they just pursue things that they can be proud about. Um, and, and it's things that hurts them and it's things that hurt other people. And it could in, include you that it hurts. So as girls, I would just tell you, don't stand for that stuff. For yourself and for them. Because God holds them to a higher standard than them thinking they're bigger or badder than a girl. Or them thinking that a girl is anything less than an image bearer of God who God loves so much that he gave Jesus for and that is his daughter. So don't let guys treat you any differently than that. And so these are, these are just some of the things. I mean, I could literally go on and on about the dumb things guys do when they aren't living the way Jesus has called us to live. But then you look at these verses in James and it kind of is, is highlighting a lot of these things that guys struggle with. It talks about uh, fights and quarrels among you and how they're all caused by the desires of our heart and the things that are battling within us. And, and then the fact that we don't actually talk to God about these things. And then God doesn't give us some of the things we talk to him about because we're asking for them from a wrong motive. Sometimes guys will pray something. God, help me to make the basketball team. Can't tell you how many times I prayed that. But if I'm praying that from the wrong motive, if it's my motive is I want to make the basketball team so people think I'm good at basketball, so people think I'm awesome, 
Is that the right motive? Is God going to just give me what I want because I want people to think I'm awesome? Probably not because that's not the right motive. That's not what God called me to be as a man. And so you keep reading, you get down to these last verses. And it says at the end of verse 6, This is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. The problem with the guys is that we are constantly trying to lift ourselves up. We're trying to make much of us. We want people to admire us. We want other guys to admire us. We want girls to admire us. We want, we want that. So again, we can be proud of something. But what God is calling us to is the, the opposite of that. It's what Jesus said, right? The least of you will be the greatest. And then you go to James and what he's saying, he's saying, you just need to humble yourself before God. And when you do that, he's going to be the one to lift you up. And him lifting you up is very different than you lifting you up. When you lift you up, the point is for people to see who? You. In this case, we're talking about guys. So if a guy lifts himself up, he wants everybody to see him, the guy. When you let Jesus lift you up, when you let God lift you up, then what happens is this weird effect because it but suddenly becomes not about you anymore. It becomes about who's lifting you up. So you see, let's just, let's just say a, a guy is doing something out of a pure motive, something that he just knows God want him, wants him to do. He's helping somebody in need. And it, it's from a right motive. And people see this. And they sometimes people who, who have no clue or, or idea of who God and Jesus are don't know how to pinpoint it. But they just know what that person is doing is good. Have you ever felt that way about somebody? You're like, what they're doing is just good. Like, you don't feel like they did it out of any kind of selfish reason. You don't feel like they did it for anything other than it was the right thing to do. Have you ever felt that way about somebody? Well, for those of us that know Jesus, we can know that those things, those moments, somebody just serving somebody out of the fact that they just needed something, recognizing that there's somebody that God made and that, that they're here to help. We can look at that and see that is just God doing something in that moment. That's not that guy doing something. That's just that guy being obedient to what God called him to. So it's not about him. It's about God now. And God is lifting him up. Not lifting him up for everybody to see him, but lifting him up so that they can see him. So they can see Jesus. This is what a godly man looks like. This is what a man is meant to be. Somebody who is lifting not up himself, but letting God lift him up. Humbling himself before God. And it's one of the things that guys struggle with the most. So, here's the deal. The key for any guy is going to be exactly what Jesus said, exactly what James just said. To humble ourselves and let God do the lifting and us just staying humble and just remaining dependent on him to do, to do all of the lifting, all of the hyping. It's not about us, it's about him. Otherwise, we just turn into those stereotypical dudes. Um, and then you look at 1 Timothy, and I love these verses, okay? Uh, if, if you need help 
figuring out what this guy looks like, this is what this guy looks like that we're talking about. This man of God, this godly man, this, this son of, of God. Uh, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Guys' struggle is to remember who God made them to be. It's a very similar struggle that you guys have. All of us have to keep remembering. This is called amnesia for a reason, this series. We've got this in us. We were made for this purpose. We were made for this identity, yet we've forgotten because of sin. Guys have forgotten that this is meant to be their list of characteristics. They're meant to be righteous and pursue righteousness. They're meant to be godly. They're meant to be all about faith and love and endurance and gentleness. That's what guys are meant to be about. Do we see a ton of that around? We don't see a lot of guys living like that. We don't see a lot of guys pursuing that. We don't see a lot of guys who could look at their life and say, yeah, that's a pretty good description of me. Because here's the key for guys, okay? And this is the key for you when you're looking at guys, is that this guy, a godly man, the only way he's going to be able to actually be any of those things that we just said and read in those verses is through Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who actually has these attributes. In and of ourselves, we are jacked up. Every one of us. I'm not just talking about guys. Like, you are too. We all are. We're all jacked up without Jesus. Jesus is the key to this. So these guys, being able to get over themselves, get over their pride, start to actually submit and humble themselves, start to be about these things that I just read to you, the only way they're going to do that is by submitting to him and realizing that Jesus is the one that they have to follow in all that and that all those things are found. Because they're never going to be strong enough. They're never going to be smart enough. They're never going to be talented enough. They're never going to be popular enough. They're not going to be creative enough. These guys, me, none of us, we're, we're never going to be worth lifting up. Only Jesus is. And as soon as a guy can realize that, the sooner a guy becomes the man that he meant him to be in the first place. And the kind of guy that you're going to actually want to be around because they're encouraging. They're patient. They're actually respectful. And they're loving. And they actually, you know, are not always looking for some way to put somebody down. They're looking for ways to help other people. These, these are the guys that God has called us to be. And these are the guys that you can be looking for and encouraging. And these are the guys that you can be encouraging guys who aren't quite there yet to be. But the key in all of it is Jesus. It's not, hey, just be a better guy. We'll never be a, a better guy by ourselves. It doesn't matter how many of you encourage guys to just be a better guy. That isn't going to do it. That's, that's kind of like just saying, you know, instead of cussing, don't cuss. Like, yes, that's great. Don't cuss anymore. But it's all about why you're not cussing and, and the whole heart behind that thing. Because it doesn't honor God. That would be a reason to not cuss. Because I, instead of saying that cuss word, I could have said something encouraging there. That's a reason not to cuss. But just to not cuss, just to not cuss, isn't really a reason. It's the reason that's going to enable the guy to do it. And the reason for all of this is going to be Jesus. 
And here's the, the thing I'll kind of wrap up with. And the thing that guys can tend to struggle with within that whole idea is, okay, they need to be humble. We need to, to submit ourselves to God. We need to stay humble. We need to be the least so that, so that God can make us the greatest. Um, all those things are true. And a guy can struggle with doing those things because it can seem weak to have to depend on God or, try to, or, or to submit to God. That's the perception a guy can have. But the challenge that I had for the guys and that I would challenge all of you to have for any guys that you see kind of not living in this identity God's called them to is that what makes more sense to submit to you who is imperfect, not strong enough, not smart enough, not going to ultimately be able to live up to any kind of hype or to submit to God who lives up to every hype you could possibly give him, every promise he's ever made, who literally spins the planets, who spits suns out of his mouth, who created every person on the planet both now and in the past. Like, who makes more sense to submit to? Because it's not going to God that makes you weak or makes you less of a man. It's actually a guy humbling himself before God that makes him a man. Because we've got 30, 40, and 50-year-old guys walking around that think they're men, and they're not even close. They're still walking around like little kids trying to figure out what they can be proud about, puff their chest out about. There's still guys who get in fights for no reason. There's still guys who get really angry for no reason. There's still guys who treat women like objects. All that stuff still happens. The same stuff that happens in middle school still happens as adults because they never figured out who God made them to be. And they never realize they have to just humble themselves before God and realize that they need Jesus. Because when they do that, that's when they're really going to become a man. So there's, possi- there's a possibility for having a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade guy walking around who's way more of a man of God than a 30, 40, or 50-year-old. Because the key isn't their age. The key is Jesus. So I want you guys to take some of the stuff we just talked about in your groups, talk through it. Hopefully you have some questions and like, what does that look like? Uh, how, how does that play out for me? Because this wasn't about girls. This was about guys. So how does this play out for me? How does, how does this affect me? Because it does. Um, and really get into some good conversations from this, guys. So let me pray for you. And then we're going to send you out to your groups from here, okay? God, thank you so much for these girls. Thank you for them um, being here tonight. I just pray that they have awesome conversations about, uh, about what it is for guys to be godly men and to be sons of God and how that affects them and how they can encourage that in their world and the places that you've put them in their schools and in their neighborhoods and with their friends. And, uh, and I just pray that you would help them to have the strength and the boldness to stand uh, for men uh, and guys being the men God's called them to be and not settling for anything less than that and encouraging them to step up to that standard, God. So uh, help these girls to, to see that, to know that, and uh, to be able to help uh, guys pursue that. So we just pray over the small group time that's about to happen. Just bless all those conversations. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.